welcome to the sixth edition of Crabs and Cinema on the Editorial Podcast. I'm Nikki. And this is Chris, and we're super excited to be bringing you an in-depth look at some PMS-worthy movies. So grab some ice cream, a heating pad, and some Advil, and join us for some movies and menstruation. This month, we're watching the iconic Reese Witherspoon 2001 coming-of-age romance comedy, Legally Blonde. The film follows heartbroken sororia girl Elle Woods, who decides to apply to Harvard Law School to win back her ex-boyfriend, Warner. With the support of her friends, the tough love of her professors, and some determined Elle Woods not only finds love, but herself as well. Chris, I know this was one of your favorite movies. I I love this movie. Uh, It's like a feminist icon. I was watching it with uh, my pal not too long ago. And basically he was like, I don't really, I don't want to watch a ro- I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch this girly rom-com movie. And I was like, dude, if you don't watch this, you're not a feminist. Like, it's just that simple. That's a that's a long reach there, Chris. No, a- it's a, basically a building's roman, which is a coming of age story about a girl finding herself, you know, like she she beats the odds like no one really believed in her. And and she does the unthinkable. She ends up overcoming all of these obstacles to really, you know, find herself and become something of herself. And it's a wonderful film. It is definitely one of those films where you kind of judge a book by its cover. And that happens quite a bit. And I feel like that's a very constant theme of the movie because it happens in a couple of scenes. First one, obviously, being you see her depicted at this as a sorority mm-hmm. girl who's like, oh, Delta New. And like, <laughs> you know, with all these, like just the opening scene itself yeah. is like all these like Victoria's Secret looking models <laughs> that are blonde and super thin at this one, like with a sorority house. And and like her two best friends are also the same. Yes. Probably dumber, but you all judge them on the same level. And turns out she's like, you know, an up and coming lawyer at the very end. But also you judge the book uh, by its cover on other, like on other scenes where like that guy who is dorky, you know? Yeah. Carrying the books in that one scene where she goes and helps him get the dates of, uh, like get a date because he was trying to ask this other girl out. And then she's like, I would never go out with a loser like you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it comes up a lot also. And also with Callahan, you think yeah. that he's a good professor until he like feels her up. We're jumping the gun here a little yes, bit. Yes. But-, but it is a big, it is a big theme. I mean, like we ourselves, I mean, my pal in question here judged the movie thinking it was going to be like this very girly, sassy, you know, rom-com-esque movie. And then by the end of it, you're like, oh yes, like this woman actually becomes a lawyer like she goes to Harvard and she does it so it's a lot of like expectation versus what you actually get it just like Elwood's as a character right sorority girl who goes to Harvard for all the wrong reasons you know she yes after a breakup with this guy that she thinks she's gonna marry Warner who sucks you know this poor girl's walking home after you know she thinks she's getting engaged and then in the middle of this of of her trying to get over her breakup she's like maybe if I become something that I'm not I can win him back is this not exactly the same plot as Greece (laughs) straight up yeah doesn't right Olivia Olivia 
Newton John yes. becomes this bad girl to try to get John Travolta's attention. Yeah. Which she's that's not her, but then it that's just that's how she becomes. Yeah. And not necessarily is she like doing it for the right reasons either just to try to get a guy's attention but at the very end like she kind of finds out that that's you know her alter ego or something but here you have Elle Woods who's like shit I'm not just this bikini wearing glitter bomb of a pink balloon (laughs) I'm actually also like you know I could be a very well-established lawyer and it's very interesting to see because this isn't necessarily like a rom-com Chris this is more like a this is like it doesn't end with any romance you see like a two-sentencer of saying that her and Emmett were dating for the past two years and then he's gonna propose tonight which I mean that is not shown in the movie but Nikki right so it is a mm -hmm. rom-com it's a it's a romance about learning to love yourself Yes, that is that is very true. Yes, but that aside, it really is like it again, she joins, she goes, she joins. She applies and gets into Harvard, which is a top school simply so she can win Warner back. And even then she goes, well maybe if he sees me studying there, like maybe he'll take me seriously. Like the whole idea with her is to be taken seriously. And you know, she's this caricature, yes. right? Like everything sets up is set up against her pretty much. It's like she is super, she loves pink. Her hair is blonde. She drives a Porsche. Porsche. Sorry, pardon me. Can, can you tell I'm, can you tell I'm broke? <laughs> <laughs> she drives an expensive car. No, but you're car. right though. Like she's basically a caricature, right? And she says this at the salon when she's saying goodbye to uh, Jennifer Coolidge's character. Paulette. She's like, I can't be, <laughs> yeah, I can't be taken seriously. Even my parents, like, don't take me seriously when I say I want to go to law school because you have dad here with the martini in his hand always going like sugar plum or whatever. Uh, you're beautiful. You come from money. Why are you? Why, why do you yeah. want to be a lawyer? Like, that's for ugly people who like don't have money yeah and so her mom's like and her mom is like honey (laughs) why would you want to do that when you were a finalist on some pageant or something on miss hawaiian as if that was a yeah (laughs) as if that was like a higher prestigious kind of award than being a successful lawyer finding fulfillment in helping people which is absolutely insane right it's actually kind of cool to see like this movie has some good concepts to it and i think that it's it's still relevant there's always going to be that coming of age like female coming of age movie that's always gonna you know hit the box office even in 2020 probably now it's just like a female fighting zombies (laughs) or something but this is like you know green gables if like you know she uh was part of a sorority and then decided to go to law school. <laughs> it's pretty much the same sort of idea, right? It's this it's this feminist coming of age story. And what's really beautiful in this whole thing is even though she has the cart stacked against her in terms of like being taken seriously, she mm-hmm. puts everything aside. Like you see in that montage of her studying, like she 
is giving up partying. She's giving up everything that she normally does that she knows that she's successful in. And she's like, I'm going to pass the LSATs and I'm going to do it. And it's going to be great. And she passes it by one point mm-hmm. and she does it. No, she passes it by she passes it by four points. Oh, right, right. A you needed a 175. She, she got a 179. That's right. Yeah. And she does it. It's like this big celebration happens because like, that was her victory moment, right? Like that was the celebration that she was expecting when she was supposed to get engaged, but she gets it when she she does something for herself, right? Yes, yes, yes. I think that that was a great Oh yeah, scene. it's this great it's like where where everybody was ready for this big engagement party, she ends up getting it when she passes the LSATs and she actually gets into Harvard. That's hilarious cuz I can't stop thinking about the scene where she walks. Okay, first off, let's like backtrack. Yeah. At the restaurant where Emmett, not Emmett, War- sorry, Warren. where Warren yes. breaks up with her and her cries, it was like a dying chihuahua. <laughs> it was like, uh, 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 uh. I don't even know how to do it that. Like straight up, it was so horrible. <laughs> like that was like one of the, that was like one of the things that caught me off guard. The other one was when right after she's walking. And she's like, I'm not getting in the car. I'm walking home. <laughs> and Warren's like, no, get in the car. Like, let me drive you home. And then she's like, no. And he goes, but you're going to ruin your shoes. And she goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I resonate with that on a whole oh my other God, level. Nikki. <laughs> I get her. I get that side oh my of her. God. But it's just like, I would still though, like I get it. But I wouldn't have gotten in that car. I would have taken my shoes off yeah. and walked. I'm an independent woman. Literally. I would have been like, no, I will I will walk across glass on nasty Toronto streets than give you the satisfaction. I know. And like I drive a Porsche, you drive a Benz. Like fucking get in line. <laughs> Don't call me Pooh Bear, okay? Oh my God, I got so mad. I was like, stop calling her that. You're breaking up. With her, and then he calls Vivian that. I was like, I "What know. the fuck?" Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like the whole the whole flip to to Vivian from uh from L makes like no sense. Well, they dated before. That was part of like that's what he said. Yeah, when they bumped into each other at the benches, right? Which was, oh yeah, we dated before this, before I met you, like. Clearly, that's what he said during the dinner that she thought mm-hmm. he was going to propose at was that he's been dicking around and that's it. But my favorite moment with the three of them being in one scene together is right after when she finds out that her name is on that sheet to go and work with that Callahan oh guy. Oh my God. And then that's she goes. That's a perfect moment. <laughs> she goes like. And the last one's me. And then she walks up. She's like, Warren, do you remember back in spring break? uh, We spent that gorgeous four hours in the hot tub and then just walks away. Like, this is better than that. This is better than that. (laughs) And Vivian goes like, four hours? Four hours? I'm like, honey, clearly (laughs) you're not satisfying his needs. Jesus Christ. But yes, what a savage moment. <laughs> this it's so funny because like even though it's sort of night and day between the two of them, like they do and I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Like they do sort of like come together based on like the trauma that they have 
experienced with Warren. Like that becomes then like the basis of their of their their friendship is like how terrible it is to be with Warren. <laughs> yeah, and I think also I think that they come together because she gets her ass kicked by Callahan. And and what I mean by that is that the entire time that they were working at the law firm, all he did was ask her to get him coffee yeah, uh, or photocopy something or whatever it was, right? So yeah. she's like, oh shit, maybe I'm not this big shot, you know? Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic because it's like she faces this little power shift because it's like, yes, she has Elle on the upper hand because she does get Warren, but Elle also has the upper hand because like in where it matters in the law office... L is getting better play because she has better ideas. So mm-hmm. it's like this power struggle between like what really matters. And then even though L was doing this for Warren and Vivian's actually doing this for her career, they're like in this weird place where it's like if they were just to swap, everything would be fine. But mm-hmm. now there's like this tension between them. And then when they both come to realize that, like, maybe Warren doesn't matter in this altogether, it's where they actually bond. And then they can, like, put their differences aside. I think she still has, like, residual resentment over her because you can see in that scene that was terribly filmed. I don't know if you noticed this, but the right after when she gets felt up by Callahan and she runs to the elevator, you see in the reflection (laughs) of the, of the, like, you know, there's a little gold plaque that's by the elevator telling you what floor is what. And you see Vivian's character just standing there and waiting for (laughs) Q to then walk in front of the elevator to stop the doors and then say, I, you almost had me fooled. Like, I thought that you were big shit, but then, you know, it just turns out you're sleeping with Callahan. Yeah. Like, but you see, like, there was still residual resentment there because no matter how much she got put down by Callahan and no matter how much she then felt Elle was far more superior in the office than her, she was, like, just, just in disbelief. Like, I think yeah. she always thought that, you know, there is this is too good to be true. And that one instant where she walked into, obviously, his hand on her her thigh, she's like, I knew it. Like, you're yeah. not what I thought you were, and I knew it. And then she doesn't get her, like, you know, a slap in the face until they go and meet the girl at jail where yeah. Emmett's like, well, yeah, no, Brooke, I'll quit. Brooke Wyndham. Yeah, like I'll quit yeah. because Callahan was hitting on her and she goes, oh, fuck, I made a mistake, right? Yeah. So she doesn't realize that and no matter how much she – I think she doesn't really – they don't really become friends until at the very end. You oh, see yeah. That at graduation, like they were shooting each other looks and I that was like a friendship that's worth respect because then it was still very surface when she came into her room and asked for the deposition. And yeah. And was like, oh, this is a cute dog. Like You could see her trying. I honestly thought she had malicious intent where she was going to go in, ask for the deposition, somehow squeeze the alibi out of her. But that wasn't the case. Like She was like, oh, cute dog. And then she left, right? So I think that that's a very interesting friendship to have, especially mm-hmm. because you know how in our younger years, you know, there's always like kitschy clicks and people are like oh you can't sit here kind of shit and yeah 
it's like it's already so hard being a girl and i've said this before on on another episode where like it's so hard being a female already why is it that we have to pitch each other against each other i don't get it like why can't we just uplift each other and support our queens and and not call each other a bitch and just be there to understand that we go through the same things and and just support each other and love each other it just always has to be this like stupid rivalry that doesn't make any sense and it's all up in your head all the time do you know what I mean and it's funny because like I think it takes it takes Elle a while to get used to them like Vivian and her friends not liking her because she comes from a place like Delta New where she has Margot and Serena who are literally like you know they're elbow to elbow with her no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. Like when Margot gives her that scrunchie, well, you're going to need this. Like, yeah, they don't understand, but they're still supportive. You know what yes. I mean? And same with everybody in the, in the yeah. sorority, right? They all sign that card to hope that she gets engaged. I know. And it's like this very sweet moment. And then you see Elle bringing that out into the world, right? Like that relationship that she has with Paulette, mm-hmm. where she's willing to go that extra mile for that friendship. Mm-hmm. The same thing happens even when Elle is trying to to extend that again, like when she is trying to find a study group. And I brought sustenance. <laughs> exactly, right? It's like she's doing all the things that she's so used to because like she understands coming from like this the sorority that's actually a supportive sisterhood. So her now trying to find that in like the world outside that sisterhood is now hard and it's difficult, especially when people don't support each other, right? Because everything is a competition. Yes. And it's so strange. Like, could you imagine coming from a sorority house where everybody loves each other? Because Mm -hmm. they're all blonde. They all probably weigh (laughs) the same. (laughs) They probably all have like a 25-inch waist, you know? And it's... All of their periods have synced together. Synced together, yeah, for (laughs) sure. And then going out into like the real world and immediately being shot down. Just getting your ass handed to you. Yeah, like the face that she had and just like pure shock. when the first class goes and then she's like I wasn't aware that there was an assignment and then the professor goes and asks Vivian like do you think that it's appropriate for me to ask her to leave and then Vivian goes immediately yes yeah and I'm just like wow this is a like such a bitch and then you realize why she's a bitch because she knew Elle because of Warner and I was like oh mg also that ring that's a nice ring man that teardrop shape like I kind of dig it wow Wow, leave it to Nikki for the fashion, everyone. <laughs> I was a little bit taken aback when they showed up at the law office for the very first day. And you see Elle has been like the bigger person this entire time. Not that she knew that she was a bigger person or had to be. Yeah. But it's just innate within her where she's like, you look very nice today, Vivian. You know? And yeah, I was just surprised that she wasn't wearing red bottoms. That would have been such an iconic outfit. I mean, that could be your Halloween costume next year. With the ruffled um, shirt underneath and like a full black dress and a scarf around my bag. Yeah. I'll just need a blonde wig. I can make that happen. I dye my hair blonde. No, I'll just send you a wig. (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) I I mean, that would probably be the only outfit that I could rock of hers because everything else was like sequin 
pink bikinis. Oh my god! Oh Can my we talk about god. her admissions video? <laughs> yes. Oh my god, the admissions video killed me, <laughs> and I think it was just because of how earnest she was. Like she was so. She was like, "This is definitely gonna do it." <laughs> You know, I didn't understand for the longest time. There's this girl on TikTok, and I swear I'm going to keep, like, I'm going to try to make it a mission to talk about TikTok on every on episode. On every episode. <laughs> but there's this girl on TikTok, and she, I never understood, because I, I think I watched this movie once eons ago, and I ne- and I don't remember anything about it other than the fact that she had a chihuahua, and she really likes Bruiser. Pink. Yes. Right. But... There's this girl on TikTok, and I just wondered why it was so familiar when I saw Elle's admission video. Because this girl on TikTok, I don't know what her name is, but she, like, all of her videos are in the same layout and style and feel and feel of Elle Wood's admission video. She dresses <laughs> like she's from the early 2000s, and then she'll walk into screen, and she'll be like, I only support vegans. Uh, because I think animals are cute. That's why you should vote for me for president. Or like something like she'll she I just, love it. Like you know how Elle is so convinced that her video is like top shit because she truly believes that these are yeah. assets, right? And she's like fully immersed into her culture and it doesn't look off until you see the room full of professors at Harvard just yes. with their jaws open and being like, she has a fashion major and she's got all of the extracurriculars <laughs> and, and, and she's made a faux fur bikini line or underwear undergarment line and then the other guy's like yeah you see she is like she's cruelty free or whatever she, <laughs> she was she's an entrepreneur <laughs> yeah and i was like <laughs> but this girl on tiktok does all of her tiktok videos exactly like in her admission and i was like oh my god this is where it's from this is where it's from and like this is an iconic iconic. moment it's so well everything in there is pretty iconic because oh yeah i don't know if you saw like ariana grande's um music video no where uh she literally protect like she is l woods she actually there's one song what was it i think it was the thank you next was it the thank you next song where she's like also on that treadmill machine while studying. Yes. And she's mimicking. Yeah, she's mimicking the movie. So there's that. And she's also in a bikini just like somewhere in her music video. But yeah, so it's all referencing this movie. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. her. her <laughs> there's like um the, the moment where she's talking about the changing the toilet paper to generic brand. Like, Yo, all those against chafing say I. <laughs> <laughs> she's also like, and I can. Rec- uh, what does she say? Oh no, she's like, and I'm comfortable using legal jargon every day. And then that guy's like, hey, sweetheart, or something. And she's like, I object. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bro, bro. Oh man and then when she goes to save paulette's dog and she just like pulls out all this like random jargon oh oh paulette makes me so happy she is my favorite character can you do it do it chris do the do the impression do it do it yes it's like you look like the fourth of july it makes me want a hot dog real bad (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sorry if that blew anybody's eardrums, but holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh my god, that was so good. I pull that out as often as I can. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even do it, but she's like, I'm taking the dog asshole. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's just like she's so awkward and just she's so colorful. And she's <laughs> I don't know what it is, but she's always playing the same character in every movie, but it's fucking awesome. Do you remember like the Cinderella story with Hilary Duff? And she was like the stepmother. Like, I think that that was the very first time that I saw her in a movie. Okay. But again, just iconic. You, Nobody can replace her. No, she's freaking perfect. Oh, my God. And she was perfect in this role. Like, her, her like, weird love affair with the UPS guy. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like you just you just know his name is the UPS guy. <laughs> Where he walks up to her and goes, "I've got a package." Yeah, <laughs> and then the, the the shot is like of his crotch. Oh my god, it's so bad. She's like grimacing the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just so awkward. Oh because then the next god. time he comes around, he's like, "I got a big one," or "This is a big one," or something. Yes. <laughs> I was like, "Holy, okay." And that's the moment where, like, this is the moment where she drops the pen to sign for the package, and she goes down to bend and snap and knocks the guy out. <laughs> oh my god! Like breaks the guy's nose. <laughs> Fucking perfect. Can we also like? Fast forward to the moment where they walk into the courtroom to support Elle. Yes. And her outfit in the courtroom was redonkulous. Uh, yeah, it's all ridiculous. Like, all of it. Yeah, and like the... And the, so the, the two sorority girls, like her friends, right, just rushing through the courtroom and being like, vote for Elle! <laughs> oh my god, it's like a real... It's like a real courtroom. They've got a judge and everything. Jury, everything. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, my God. They even have a jury. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Margo and Serena. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's, like, so real, though. Like, I wish I had girlfriends like that. Like, when I felt like shit, I'd be like, yo, let's go for a manicure. <laughs> literally. And how they're, like, talking shit about Elle as she's, like, literally sitting on the bench when they're like, oh, well, she's never going to get a guy with cuticles like that. Like. <laughs> Oh yeah. I'm like, come I'm like, on. Have you guys? seen? She hasn't conditioned her hair in a week. <laughs> it was I'm like, perfect. you guys are such hags. <laughs> but then the red hair girl was talking to the Serena and the blonde one's Margot. Oh, Serena was uh Serena was like, what's her face? She was talking to the manicurist. Yeah, in like Chinese or whatever that was. It was not Chinese. Let me straight up tell you right now. That was like some Ching Chong Ling Long bullshit. That was not uh, Chinese, bro. Yikes. Or, or any type of Asian language. That was not Vietnamese. That was not Chinese. I don't know what that was. <laughs> like that was like, you could have, you could have like, I don't know, they had, done some more research. <laughs> let me tell you what they did was they asked the one Asian grip on on set. 
like to translate it, but he's like third generation American and like has none of the language. <laughs> so he went to like whatever like dictionary he could find, <laughs> like Asian language to English and like was like I found it just so that he would be someone would look at his screenplay dude that was like bad (laughs) shit (laughs) that's exactly I guarantee that's what happened (laughs) this is like why some of the movies like back in the day don't age very well you know but there was some people of color representation in this movie like very very little but very little appreciate it one of my favorite characters being like the super sassy black woman at the salon that comes out just breaking moves on the dance floor yes. uh, during the bed and snap, bed and snap. number <laughs> yo like her fluorescent bright track, track that she got going on yep. and her just energy and just like whipping out these moves holy shit man she's one of my favorite characters in that movie <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, she's pretty wonderful. Like, there's a couple of odd ducks in this movie. There's, like, the super hyper-feminist woman. Yo. <laughs> I single-handedly uh, organized a feminist against drunk driving. Or yes. Like I'm like, oh, my God. It was that, like, and then when she's at the party when Elle shows up in the bunny suit. Um, oh, my God. It's, like, in suit. the middle of the conversation talking about semesters. Should oh, yeah. be called the Ovester. <laughs> I know. Like, what's with this like male dominant semester thing going on? Like, I don't. You you could already tell. Like, she and that other dorky guy that L saves the day for, for. Yeah. During like when he was trying to hit on those two girls, and then <laughs> that was such a that was a good moment. Like that's when I you loved, know yeah. she does things for the greater good. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, she's so earnest no matter what happens. And then it's, like, to really see her broken over the whole, like, Callahan thing was mm. the worst because it was, like, she was able to do so much and she was so strong. Like, even when they sent her to get the alibi, she got the alibi and she was, like, well, no, I'm not breaking the trust of the client. Like, Oh, she didn't get sent. She went on her she own. She went on her own. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, she, she, she said, like, no. she was like, I got the alibi. And he was like, well, great, what is it? And he's like, she's like, I can't tell you. Like, she's I'm like, not- it's not my alibi to tell, right? Yeah. And like, it was such a real moment where you're like, she really does care about other people. Like, it would win the case. And yeah, everything would be fine. Mm-hmm. But she's like, no, like, she's a person first. Oh, yeah. Um, There's other ways to solve this case. And she said it too. She's like, and if we lose the case, then that means we're not really good lawyers. Yes. Oh, my God. And her rationale for why Brooke didn't. Well, she's like a fitness expert. And when you work out, you release endorphins. You have endorphins. <laughs> and endorphins make you happy. And happy people don't kill their husbands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was such a like cringe moment maybe for you. But when they went to go and see Brooke at the at jail for the very first time and Callahan's just hammering her and being like, look, I believe you, but, like, you're going to need an alibi because the jury's not going to believe you. And then she's like, well, how about I show you a picture of his dick? Oh, my like, God. Maybe then you'll understand. And I'm like, you go, girl. Yeah, you but the thing that. that was suspicious it was, like, he was, like, 70 years old. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so right, but then suspicious. the thing is she – Elle always po- uh, also pointed out that this was a murder without any – what was it called again? Like she had no motive. 
because yeah. she was also rich, right? So Brooke exactly. came from her own fitness empire. And, you know, she would rather go to jail than to tell people that she got liposuction. Yes. <laughs> which also, <laughs> like, on a deeper level, like, past the surface stuff, how crazy is that that that's still relevant till this day where you're on social media if you are a social media influencer or you're in the public eye mm-hmm. and you know people think that you look that way and are like that way just naturally but you're not there's filters there's oh, yeah. all these touch up stuff that you can use to make yourself look a certain way and there's always like there's liposuction there's plastic surgery and you know, little kids or even me, like I will idolize these people that I see on these social media platforms and be like, how come I can't have that? How come, you know, there's some people that are just born with really good genetics and they can just eat McDonald's 24 seven and not gain a pound, but I'll drink water and I'll blow it up like a fucking blow up. (laughs) So it's like, it's very unfair but then you start to idolize all of these, like your your perfect ideal, yeah. you know, famous person body shape, and it's kind of crazy. But then that brings into perspective, like you know, even Brooke, who has a, you know, fitness freaking empire, yeah. where Elle's like, yeah, you took me down from a six to a size four, like she goes and gets light ball suction. She's human. Like it's not, she's like, do you know how hard it is to get an ass like this? Like, yeah. (laughs) It's just like, wow. It's like kind of revealing the ugliness that's behind this veil of insecurity, you know? Yeah. And like the fact that she would rather go to jail than tell people that that's what Mm. it was, like is a huge deal. Like she staked her reputation on making women look and feel good when she herself didn't mm-hmm. look or feel good. And she would rather go to jail for a murder yeah. that she didn't do than mm-hmm. tell people that she was just, you know, doing something for herself. Right? Oh, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. But I think that's a part of the reason why I love this movie so much is like, it's a coming of age story. It's feminism, and it's also a murder trial. Let's talk about the murder trial. The murder trial is my favorite thing. The uh, Cabana Boy is hilarious. <laughs> Don't tap your last season Prada shoes at me. Yes, yo. Okay, straight up. I didn't even need him to say that about the shoes to know this guy was not straight. Did you see his shirt? A straight guy won't have the balls to pull off that shirt. I mean, you might be right unless they were a very secure man. Right. But uh, yeah, like... The Cabana Boy, like, constructed this whole story that he was, like, sleeping with Brooke and that he saw it happen and da-da-da-da-da. And um, Emmett goes in this line of questioning based on, like, what Elle says and just, like, night and day. Destroys him. Destroys him. And then his boyfriend, Chuck. Chuck. Is, like, in the back, like, in the back of the courtroom. And he's like, you bitch! Yes. <laughs> And I'm just in tears 
It's like, Chuck is not my boyfriend. He's just a friend. And then Chuck in the back. <laughs> yeah, bitch. You know, but then the scene before that, when when they were questioning him and that he was wearing a Speedo to clean the pool and Brooke goes, Elle, you know a Delta New would never sleep with a man in a Speedo. I just like to watch him clean the pool in that. Like, yeah. Bro. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, my God. It's so funny. And then when they finally bring, like, the last witness, this is when, like, Brooke has fired Callahan. It's, like, the vindictive justice moment. Elle is finally going to have her comeuppance because Elle has been hired to take over for Callahan um, under Mm -hmm. the supervision of Emmett. And proceeds with her own knowledge because at this point she's finally accepted herself and she's finally accepted who she is. And she comes into the courtroom in this all pink ensemble. Oh, God. Pink on pink on pink. And she's like owning it and living it. And she's like, yes, I am myself and I'm in the courtroom and I'm doing this. And uh, we meet Brooke. Chutney. Yes, we meet Brooke's stepdaughter. Chutney. Chutney. What the (laughs) hell kind of name is Chutney? First off. It's like a rich white person name. A rich white person who's been getting a perm since she was five. Hey, Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow's daughter is named Apple. It's It's a weird white person, wealthy, rich thing. I'm convinced. Name your kid as weird an item as you possibly can. Well, Gwyneth Paltrow's name in Iron Man is also very, very off as well. What was her name? Pepper? Yeah. Is that right? What's with white people and food names? I don't Uh, get uh, it. (laughs) Like, you guys, I don't know what it is, but you know how it's like, it's out there that people are like, you know, black black women name their daughters very extra names and like they're all spelt very differently but then you white people and your food names like what i'm just waiting for one to come out and be like hi guys this is my daughter ranch stop my daughter ranch (laughs) (laughs) yo they like their ranch bro don't they like they love that shit Yo, they I like it. ranch dressing too from time to time. Put a carrot stick in there, that's delicious. Delicious. Delicious, yes. Some vegan chicken wings, awesome. But yeah, like how funny would that be? Straight up, that would be like the best troll move ever. <laughs> like if I married a white guy, I'll be like, yo, we're going to name our kids all the foods. Oh my God. Like one's going to come out. As butter chicken. Stop! Like name butter. <laughs> and then middle name chicken spelt weird. <laughs> chicken with a silent Q. <laughs> chicken with a silent Q, yeah. And a number one, a la Grimes. Oh my god, yes. That would be very that would be very satisfying. But anyways, back to the movie. Yes. I wanted to I wanted to point out, did you notice that she went from pink on pink on pink to also those very 2000s like 
like hype beast two thousand hype beast sandals sandals <laughs> with the butterfly you you know what I'm talking yes. about like those wedge platform butterfly sandals that was I had the flat 2000s. versions of those like everyone Jesus. did like you came out of the fucking Polly Pocket freaking infomercial yeah those stupid like Jeremy. jelly sandals you remember oh. those look at Nikki's face. I like, said, hand me my Tamagotchi, wouldn't you? It's like, I said that, and she immediately got heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> my breakfast is coming back up. That's what it is. Oh, yikes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, she went on. She went from pink on pink on pink to then that sassy black ensemble, which it starts to become a trend. And she does it so subtly yeah. that you're just like, oh, because she goes from pink and then she goes into Harvard and she's like, wish me luck on my, you know, very first class. And then she's wearing that hideous cardigan yeah. with that like sparkly sequin skirt and some glasses, those fake glasses. And then she goes from that to like when she's, she when she like, you see that moment where she flips like right yeah. after the party where she's like, I'm not wasting Anytime. I'm going to the fucking library in my fucking Playboy bunny suit and ears, and I'm yes. picking up this giant orange laptop. Yes. It looks like a freaking hamburger. Yes. And and goes and studies her ass off. And then she goes and she starts answering shit in the classroom. And then she like subtly changes her outfit. Cause then every time you see her that's at the law firm or that's, you know, from that scene. In the beginning, or like the is it the second act to the third? Yes. Maybe, yeah, where yeah, she's that's just right. in black. And she's yeah. very mature. The way she did her hair too. She she straightened her hair. She's not doing the full blowout anymore, and she's super just mature. And then it's kind of like she left her old life for this new life, thinking that they cannot be inter exactly. She has to give up her old self to be this new self in order to succeed. Right, but it's not – yes, but it's not 100% her. But she realizes that it is a part yeah. of her and she does very well in it. And then at the very end when she does come to the courtroom to represent Brooke on her own, supervised by Emmett, she's like with the blowout, the pink on pink on pink again. But she's now in her yes. element doing the thing that she's good at that she likes yeah. to do which is helping people uh also brooks like sidetrack the brooks last um outfit change with the black blazer and that gold necklace going down her freaking what is this a sternum? Yeah. sexy dig it <laughs> that's all i have to say <laughs> you want to elaborate on that <laughs> Yo, she was wearing a black blazer with nothing underneath and a necklace that went down her cleavage. Like, come on. <laughs> this is a white girl with, like, style. Jesus. Okay? She should be in Devil Wears I mean, Prada. that could be your second Halloween costume change for next year. Oh, see, how many people would actually get that, though? I guarantee for how, like, cult iconic this movie is, people would. Mm. See, she's like also a like a third tier, second tier, third tier character. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but she's like Brooke Windham. I don't know Wyndham. if people would actually get like, it. Like, it's Brooke Windham. <laughs> if I dressed like that and was on a treadmill, maybe. Yeah. 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 You just got to get someone who looks like, you got to have like 
a, a, a friend costume and like they would be Elle Woods and then you would be Brooke Windham. Mm. There it is. I'll just stage myself outside of what is that gym called? That kitschy gym from the States, like Orange Theory or some <laughs> shit. And I'll just stand outside. <laughs> Bring my own treadmill. Bring your own treadmill. <laughs> I'll be like, <laughs> I'll help you lose three pounds in a day. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I didn't kill my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use liposuction. <laughs> This is natural blonde. I don't dye oh my hair. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. I'm late for the Delta New reunion. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> oh. But speaking of second, third tier characters, can I just say how horrible Emmett's oh acting god. is? Like straight up, this guy has the worst acting like I've ever seen in any movie or any I film. I find that hilarious. The the Wilson brothers are like a big deal. So Emmett Emmett was played by by um, Luke Wilson, who has been in every Wes Anderson film ever, alongside Owen Wilson. They're brothers. Yeah, I didn't know that, but clearly that's why Owen Wilson is a more famous actor because this guy sucks. Oh my god! Well, he's always playing the straight man. I think in every other like Wes Anderson movie I've ever seen, so he's always like. The chill one. He's not good looking and he's not an actor. Oh my god. Dude, half of his face does not move. Well, that can be like said about move. about Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling's face doesn't move. When he gets mad, he just gets loud. Yeah, but Ryan Gosling's good looking and he's Canadian. Well, the same can be said about Kristen Stewart. Like her face doesn't move. Like her face doesn't convey emotion period that's true but when you're bitten by a vampire i don't think you really have any emotions fair and she's so damn pale that even if she had emotions you can't see shit (laughs) the wrinkle lines don't show up (laughs) it don't translate through the camera you know oh my god i guess (laughs) oh my god i mean fair but I think for, like, the service in this movie, like, I think he does play, like, a decent good guy. Like, he's there to be, like, the educator. Nikki's face right now is, like, she's so unimpressed with that statement. <laughs> he's there to play sort of, like, the TA. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know. But I'm sure they could have casted someone better. You know you know what he'd be great in? He should have been the bounty hunter in Star Wars because you don't need facial expressions for oh that. God. You're wearing a helmet the entire Jesus time. <laughs> He's got the height and the build. He ain't got the face, so it's wow. Okay. We, we'll find things for him to do. <laughs> Are you his casting agent now? <laughs> the love interest. I mean, I might as well be because his casting agent sucks dick. Wow, this is also like 2001. He was in, like, the latest Zombieland movie. That's the only thing I could think of him being in last. Bro, his agent ain't doing him justice. Well, I mean, listen. At the end, they end up getting together, and then the second movie, they're engaged. I don't know. We'll talk about doing Legally Blonde 2 on this eventually, but I think- Eventually. I think we've done enough Legally Blonde for now. For now. there's too, There was too much pink. Like, my eyeballs, just one of one retina kind of just went into just coma mode. And it just, it kind of just, I lost all signal to it. 
because I just couldn't see out of one eye because it was just too Yeah, pink. it's a lot of pink. That first, like those first few scenes like in the sorority house is a lot. Straight up, that's the most white girls I've ever seen, you know, in the span of this year. They're kind of like a, they're kind of exotic here in BC. I don't see a lot of them. <laughs> I don't, I was literally just saying this to someone else the other day. I'm like, you know how like we were branded exotic and you know what's the other word oriental wow you know i don't know why some people take offense to that word i think it's an i think it's a very pretty word i mean fucking if some guy randomly down the street be like hey yo girl you oriental looking i'll be like yo thanks wow uh thank you but no straight up like i don't see many white girls in vancouver they're like a rare rare commodity huh it's like a decent mix here you got a little bit of everything here it's like a party mix of like checks you know you never know what you're gonna pull out (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) but there's like an even amount of everything you know what i mean they're just like in the bag i know every handful is different so much diversity in toronto i swear and then you come back and then you're like immediately hit with a swarm of Asians because our airport is in Richmond. So you're probably just thinking like, did I land in oh China? God, stop. <laughs> probably got on the wrong plane. Are you sure this is Vancouver? Because this is this looks very Oriental. Oh my god. <laughs> like every other restaurant is like a Chinese name, and you're just like, shit. Google Translator doesn't work here. So <laughs> yeah, you know. There's just too many of us, I swear. Like we're take we're really taking over. Like everything is made in China. And we're proud of it now too. We're just like, yeah, we straight up copy your oh shit. My God. Like Well, before before Nikki gets on her conspiracy theory stint, because I know where <laughs> this we're is going. Over the world. <laughs> this is gonna be like a whole separate other podcast. Conspiracy <laughs> theories with Nikki. Conspiracy theories and chips. I think that's what we named Something it. Something right? like that. Because you got cults and caviar. That's classy shit. But like, you know, I ain't that classy. I'm bougie, but I'm like, not classy. I was like, you're bougier so. than I am, dude, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But th- no, no, no. But those two are not mutually exclusive. Inclusive? Exclusive. Exclusive. You're right. Okay. See, the, my channel is for like the barely educated. Oh, so, shut up. So conspiracy theories and chips. We're good. We're good on oh that. Oh, my God. Okay. Jesus Christ. Let's go into rating Ratings. this movie. Chris. Chris, Chris. We went with a 6 out of 10 for this guy. It's not anything special to look at. There's a lot of pink. There's a, a stark contrast when she like goes to Harvard and she becomes boring. And otherwise, there's really like not a lot. It's just like, you know, a good old fashioned movie. It, the story is there, but we're not, it, there wasn't really much going on for, for the Luke of the movie. Right. So like her dad's like subpar mati- martini that he always has in his hands, it's an overall six. Yeah. Let's break it down. Cinematography. What did we give it, Chris? Oh, that was cinematography. Um, oh, shit. I thought you were going for the overall. Overall was a six, too. We jumped the gun. Yes. That's okay. We'll go, we'll go, we'll go casting first. Casting, we decided, like, besides Nikki's beef with Owen, Emmett's character, Owen Wilson. Dude. Uh, <laughs> not Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson's oh, pardon brother. Me, uh, I'm Luke fine Wilson. with Owen Wilson. Pardon me, Luke Wilson. Dude. <laughs> So she's saying if you were to cast, if you were to have cast Owen Wilson in Luke Wilson's character, uh, it might have been a, a, a 10 out of 10. But 
Uh, <laughs> no, not even that. Dude, they both are not like, you know, oh my they God. don't look the part. Jesus. It's just that this guy was way worse. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, we gave it an 8.5 out of 10 because uh, those uh, those those characters like Professor Stromwell, like Paulette, like Brooke really made this movie. Yeah. In terms of musical soundtrack, 5 out of 5. Lots of girly, like, anthems, which was 5.5 nice. 5 out of 10. Yeah. Very, very 2001. Level of sappiness, 4 out of 10, man. Not sappy at all. It was just like a good time. Yeah, yeah it wasn't too sappy because there really wasn't a romantic aspect to this other than like the very beginning where she thought she was going to get engaged and then like the two-sentence closer with her and Emmett, you know, dating for the past two years. So it was a measly 4 out of 10. Yes, Tearjerker level, zero out of ten. I did not cry. Not a single I tear. Didn't. Again, my one eye was going into a stroke, so Oh my I god. I don't like you know, I think that that yeah. Too much pink. Yeah. But any who's that gives us an overall six. Six out of ten. Out of ten. That's not to say though that this movie is bad. It's absolutely not. It's an iconic movie. It just, you know, it isn't too much a rom com as much as it is like a self rom com. It's about self-romance and self-coming of age. Self-love. Yeah. Yeah, self-love more so than a romantic comedy. There's there's definitely like comedic bits, not so much romance. I didn't think that there there was no kiss in this movie. Yeah. There's not a single, right? Am I right? There wasn't a single kiss in this movie. Oh, well, I mean, Vivian and Warner. They kissed? I think once or twice. Really? I think so. Again, that's probably when my eye was going into a fucking coma. Stop. So I, I might have missed it. But anywho's, in terms of dessert, we said that this was basically a Purdy's bubblegum ice cream and a strawberry Kit Kat bar. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to elaborate? Yeah, I mean, all the pink and blue that L L goes through in her wardrobe. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that iconic Purdy's. Purdy's, by the way, is a Canadian chocolate brand out of uh, BC. Oh shit! I didn't know it wasn't wasn't. Is it not global? I don't think it is. I think it's like it's it's strictly Canadian. <gasps> no way. Yeah, there's one in the Eaton Center, and there's one in a couple other malls in 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 Ontario. Shut up. Yeah, dude. You're telling me that some people out there has never had Purdy's bubblegum ice cream? Yo, Purdy's hedgehogs though. That's that's everything. <gasps> Yo, if you put a hedgehog in the bottom of your coffee cup and you pour hot coffee over it, oh my god, that's special right there. You're telling me that some people have never seen the purple triangular box of chocolate. My favorite. I love it. As soon as I see it, I'm like, mur, 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 mur. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> it's the sound of it. Like, oh my god, that's like that's like. <laughs> <laughs> That's like almost, almost close to the same level as Elle Woods cry in the restaurant. <laughs> it makes me want to. <laughs> it, it makes me want a hot dog real bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And on that note, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Cramston Cinema. Yes, yes. We'll be back next week with a regular episode of Edit to Real. I almost forgot the name of this podcast. Oh my dear God. It's the it's the pink. It's okay. Yeah, it was we're like it's not like we're, you know, it. 30 episodes deep or anything. We are 30 episodes deep. I yes. know. <gasps> Happy 30th, Nikki. Happy 30th. 
in uh, in the context of 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 age and of podcast. I know it's insane, right? And most importantly, thank you guys for for listening and coming on this crazy ride with us. And to keep us going, we want. We want to hear from you uh, like we always do. So hit us up at editorialpodcast at, at gmail.com, uh, editorial on the social medias, on the Twitter, on, on the Hipstagram. You can send us your questions. You can send us your episode ideas. You can send us dumb memes. We're here for all of it. Holla at us. We want to hear from you guys as always. Yes, sending love uh, from me and Chris to the 16 countries that listen to us. Oh, so we have fans yeah. in 16 countries, a la Spotify uh, statistics and analytics. I don't know how I don't know how accurate that is, <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for even just using a VPM and making us feel special because that's that's still dope. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm like, if some guy herding goats in Alaska is Stop! listening to this podcast, <laughs> that would be the best. But if you're just using their VPN, that's okay too. <laughs> You know, maybe it's because, you know, I don't like you because you're from Winnipeg. That's fine. What? You know, that's okay. But yes, on a serious note, thank you guys so much. Uh, We'll see you in the next Stay Real. (laughs) Stay Real.